I am so glad to be here with you guys. I love you guys so much and appreciate all of you. And, uh, man, I just want you to know that you're making a difference in the world, that uh, your life, your prayers uh, matter. And I know sometimes you look around and we, you know, we feel like, uh, well, it's not really, we're not really doing a whole lot of good. Look at how bad the world is or my situation or the family or the job or whatever it is. But I want you to know, church, that uh, without you, it would be worse and that you are light in a dark world. You are salt and you are light and you are uh, preserving uh, and, and keeping and, and shedding the love of God into your situation. And I appreciate that so much. And you should uh, celebrate that and know that and be thankful that God is using you. And I wanted to kind of go in that vein this morning and share with you the power and the importance of what happens when the church prays. We should be a praying church. Amen. I don't mean that we should just have a time of prayer. I don't mean that you should go home and just pray on your own. We should do all of those things. But I mean that we as a church from time to time, we pray on a regular basis and we trust God that miracles will happen. Things will change. God will turn situations around. Are you with me today? It's going to cost us some time. It's going to cost us some energy. It's going to cost us some of our heart. But I want to encourage you to believe and know that our prayers matter. I want to read to you the story out of Acts chapter 12. It says, now when the time, now about that time, Herod the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. And he had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out before the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but prayer was made for him fervently by the church. Let me say that again. But prayer for him was being made fervently by the church to God. And on the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. And guards in front of the door were watching over the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared and a light shone in the cell. And he struck Peter's side and woke him up saying, get up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands, and the angel said to him, Gird yourself, put on your sandals, and he did so. And he said to him, Rack your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and continued to follow, and he did not know what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. And when they had passed the first and second gate, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened for them by itself. And they went out and went along one street, and immediately then the angel departed from him. This is a marvelous story. Peter is uh, uh, put in prison. James, another Christian, was already put in prison. And uh, Pilate, uh, or Herod rather, took his head off. And, and that pleased the people. They didn't like these Christians. And so Peter was next. They arrested Peter. And they were ready. Uh, uh, they were going to wait till the, the Passover was over. And they were going to take Peter's life too. And, and the Bible says that the church prayed fervently to God. Have you ever wondered why James lost his head and Peter didn't? I'm going to speculate for a moment. I'm going to speculate that maybe 
the church the first time when James was in there, maybe they didn't pray so fervently. But after James lost his head, the church decided we better pray for Peter so something good could happen. I don't know if that's the case, Brother Cain, but I have a feeling that maybe that's what it is. And sometimes, have you ever been shocked into realizing that you'd better pray? That you better not just pray, but you better have faith and really trust God? That you're in a situation that if if you don't really get serious about things, things are going to go south real quick? Come on, I believe they were in this kind of situation. And what they learned through this is that when the church prays, God does miraculous things, amen? You know, sometimes it's hard to understand prayer. It's like, you know, we, we, we have you ever wondered why God just doesn't do what he wants to do in situations? Why he wants us to pray? And, and I want to give you a couple of things to help you understand that. And, and one is that God wants to be invited into your situation, Amen. I mean, he, he wants your help. I know some people that need help, and I could go and help them, but they won't let me into their situation. And I'm not going to break into their house and fix it for them. they got to invite me to come in to their life, into their marriage, into their, their whatever it is. got to ask me to come in. If they ask me, I can come in and I can help them. And God's the same way. He wants to be invited into your situation, amen, because God has given all of us something called choice. You say, Pastor, why do bad things happen in the world? It's because people have freedom of choice and people are, are fallen and we're all broken in some way and, and people make bad decisions. And, and, and you know, I, I like that, uh, uh, that meme that says on Facebook, uh, you know, uh, there's a reason for everything. And sometimes the reason that it happened is because you're stupid and you made a bad choice. And how many of you know what I'm talking about? You did it. I know you did it. You bought something you shouldn't have. And, 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 and you know, you, you said something you shouldn't have. Come on. Uh-huh. Uh, you quit. Uh, well, I'm just going to quit. And you're like, oh, my God, what did I just do? <laughs> uh-huh. We've all done that before. And, and you know, we get ourselves in trouble. And, and not only is it your choices, other people's choices can mess you up, too. Come on. And it can get you in a bad situation, but prayer invites God to come. Prayer is the choice, God, come into my situation. Prayer is saying, God, my choice is you and your will and your way, amen? Hallelujah. Jesus taught that when we pray, we should pray this prayer. Our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Think about this now. Pay attention. Let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth the way that it is in heaven. I'm going to hold on to that for just a minute. And I'm going to talk about our specific church this morning. You know, the vision that God has given us is too big for us. It's too big for me. I don't know about you, but I don't have the ability to change Austin for Jesus. I don't have the ability to change thousands of people. I mean, there's a million people in Austin, the central Texas area. I mean, like, how are we supposed to do that? We need a, a bunch of money and a whole lot more talent like uh, from your pastor's perspective, right? And better leadership ability. And surely there's somebody else, right, who could do better than we could do. But no, God picked us. Come on, somebody say, God picked me. God picked me. And, and, and you know, if you struggle continually with a why, you'll get wrapped up in doubt and fear. What you have to understand is just ignore the why God picked you. Just accept the fact that he did and walk in it. Come on. And God has chosen our church to be different, to make an impact in a different way. We're not supposed to look like the church down the road or act like the church down the road. God bless them for what they do, but what God called us to do is different. Amen. 
and we're stepping out by faith. And let me tell you something. This is a faith walk. We don't, people say, well, what's the game plan from start to finish? The game plan is we're going to trust God. Amen. The way Paul did, the way Moses did. Amen. We're going to trust God from beginning to end. But the only way to really do that is if we as a church pray. Because if the calling is too big for you, if your family situation is too big for you, if your job situation is too big for you, if your ministry that God put in your heart is too big for you, what you better do is pray. Because the prayers of the church are the secret weapon that changes everything. Come on. Come on. Come on. Now, you got to get this today, too. I'm not talking about we need to pray to the point where we feel emotional. Can I tell you something? People think things like, well, when I feel emotional, that means God's here. God's there all the time, whether you feel it or not. Come on. And when I pray, if I feel emotional, that means God answered my prayer. God answers prayer whether you feel emotional or not. You don't have to run the aisles for God to answer prayer. In fact, sometimes I think God answers prayers when we just honestly and openly talk to him like we would anybody else. Amen. And, and I feel like those are the times when God really hears us rather than when we're putting on a religious show. I'm getting real today, ain't I? God wants us to pray and prayer is like oxygen for us. You know, a church can do things that are dead. Let me tell you what I mean. I mean, like you can go have services and sing the songs and listen to the sermons and go out and, and feed the poor and do all that and have no life in it because prayer is what gives life to everything that we do. And if we don't pray before and if we don't pray during and if we don't pray after, then some of the stuff we do will just be people doing stuff on planet Earth. But if we pray, the spirit is with us. He opens doors for us. He empowers us. He changes things for us. Come on, are you with me today? I'm trying to get you to realize that there is something secret and powerful at your disposal every day of our lives. It is prayer. What happened when the church prayed? Everything changed. Everything changed. What happens when our church prays? Let me share with you something that God has shown me that I want you to get a visual of in your spirit. Because when you pray, you need to see this and understand what I'm about to teach you. Let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's just stop for a moment and let's think about what it's like in heaven today. In the presence of God. Can you just think of what it's like in heaven well, the Bible says there's no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more death. No more worry, no more fear. There's no, there, there's no problems. There, there, there's no, you know, you, you won't go to a Walmart in heaven and find a drug section because nobody gets sick. Come on. There, there's no need. Nobody has a cane in heaven because nobody's limping. There, there are no psychiatrists in heaven because nobody is having uh, problems thinking. Come on, nobody, nobody is on medication in heaven. <coughs> Nobody's got those kind of problems in heaven. Now, think about how it is down here on earth right now. Man, what a day to go to bed at night and, 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 and be praying. And your, my heart hurts for the people in El Paso, especially the families of those victims. And, and uh, I don't know what the body count is up to now, but it's just, 
It's just so ridiculous and sad that this is going on in the world. And, and, and what makes it sadder is after it happens, then all the politics starts. Then everybody's like yelling at each other. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't know if there should be a new law about guns. That's above my pay grade. I do know this, that nothing really changes unless Jesus changes people from the inside. And that's where I work. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. That's where I'm at. Come on. I can tell you this. Your political party ain't going to save a soul. It ain't going to change a heart. Amen. But man, we, we go to bed with that just hurt in our heart. We hurt. And then we wake up in the morning and, and see that in, in Dayton, that more people have been shot and killed. And what a world that we live in. I mean, it, we just look around us and we see that what is going on here on earth is not the same as it is in heaven. Come on. And, and I want you to get this mental picture. See, God created everyone and everything to go with the flow of his will. Amen? Let it be the way it is in heaven here on earth. And, and so there, there's a flow to the way God wants it to go. There's a flow to our lives and to society and to everything. And, and when things go in the flow of God, things are good. But when things go against the flow, then you've got a problem. You ever been in a stream that's got a lot of rushing water going through it? And as long as you're going with the flow, it's easy. You don't have to do much. You just have to relax and just keep your head above water and takes you where it wants you to go. But if you ever try to go the other way, maybe you're in a boat and you're paddling and you paddle and paddle and paddle and you seem like you've been working and working. You hadn't gone five feet. And as soon as you stop and take a break, it's going the other direction. There are, there's a lot of situations in the world where it's going the opposite direction of the flow of God. And God has called the church to pray. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. Let it be down here in our situation the way it is in heaven. Amen. Now I want to tell you something. Jesus wouldn't have you pray that if it wasn't power in it. He wouldn't say, pray this prayer just so you could say the words. He wants you to pray it because he knows when we pray it, it becomes a reality. Amen. So what happens when we pray? We break the, the, the strongholds that are stopping the flow of God's will here on earth. Can I tell you something? There's strongholds in the world. You know, when Adam, uh, uh, when Adam sinned and sin came into the world, the world became broken. And, and, and you can look around and, and see all of the problems. And, uh, you know, there's sin, there's sickness, there's sorrow, there's, there's hurt, there's torment, there's, there, there's disease, and there's, there's war, there's greed, there's anger, there's hate, there's resentment. I mean, it's just so much of it that is against the flow of the love of God. And it's everywhere. And you know what? God called us to pray to break it, to, to change it, to stop it, and, and, and to help people get turned around. Amen? So what happens when we as a church pray? One is that we begin to align things spiritually with the will of God. Come on, when you get down to pray, I don't want you to think I'm going to pray so that I can feel God and I can cry. No, I want you to pray because you know that when you pray, Things in the spirit realm change first. And this is the way it needs to be. This is why religion doesn't work. Because you can't start by fixing things on the outside. Come on. And when you go to a church or you get involved in religion that's telling you, do these things and everything will be right, it's starting the wrong way, right? 
you know, if you behave yourself and if you stop doing this and you stop doing that, then everything will change in your heart. Well, that's backwards from what the Bible teaches. In fact, that's the the old law and, and it doesn't work and it was never designed to work. It was designed to teach you that you needed a change in your heart. Amen. And so uh, you can't change things from the outside. Laws aren't going to fix it, and, and religion is not going to fix it, and a, a New Year's resolution isn't going to fix it. But when we pray, we change things in the spirit realm first. Come on, some of you today, you need a change in your situation, but I want you to know that what you need more and first is a change in your spirit. You need a change in the spirit realm so that things break. There are things that are holding back your career and your finances and your health and and your love and, and, and all of the good things that God has for you. The flow of God is going one way, but there's been something. It's spiritual and it's keeping you down. Let me give you an example. There are some of you today that you could be in a better career, better financial position, but you're afraid to go look for a better job. You say things like, they'd never hire me yet. Why would they want to hire me? This is what's going on in your mind. You've got this mentality like, well, you know, they, they don't want someone like me. I'm not smart enough. I'm not, I, sh- I need to just stay where I am, and it's just I'm comfortable here, and I need to just stay where I am. Some people uh, are afraid to stretch out because there's a stronghold that's been lying to you and telling you that you can't instead of believing that you can. Come on. You with me? And prayer breaks the strongholds. Prayer breaks those things in your mind. There's something spiritual that happens. It allows us to change the flow so that it begins to go in the direction that God wants it to go. And let me just tell you, you know what your best life is? Your best life is being in the will of God. That means the thing that God created and designed you for when you're in that and you're flowing in that, when your career is in that and your money is in that and your life and your health and your marriage and everything is in the flow of God's will for your life, that's when it's good. That's when it's the best. Amen. When we pray, we align things in the spirit realm. The spirit redirects situations and angels are dispatched. Yes, Spiritual things change, and God will even begin to work on the people around you and and begin to uh, nudge them in the right direction. Things always start spiritually, but not only spiritually. God can change your circumstances, too. God can begin to align things with his will in the natural realm. Your job can get better. Come on, a lot of times your job getting better is is a matter of you getting better. Huh, yeah. Yeah. You, you got an attitude problem. Yeah. I'm talking to somebody. I don't know who it is. God can change your physical health. He can make you have more strength and more tenacity and more ability to do what you couldn't do before. God can change your finances. And, you know, there's, I'm not stupid. I know how to balance a checkbook. There's times when I don't know where the money came from. I can't figure out how uh, God blessed us in such a way, man. And, and there are times, you know, when, when it doesn't seem like there's going to be enough and all of a sudden money will come out of strange places and, and people will hand you money or you'll get a check in the mail. Why would an insurance company give you a refund check? Sometimes in, out of the blue, they do that, amen. And, and I love it when it's when you really need it. And you've been praying for it and trusting God for it. And things happen that way. I just appreciate God because he's 
able to manipulate the things and, and, and change the circumstances around us when we pray and when we have faith. Look, let me, let me just stop for a moment. This isn't going to happen because you wish it would happen. Things aren't going to change because you wish it would happen. They're going to change because you pray with faith. Because you keep asking and you keep inviting God into your situation and you keep uh, asking him to take control and you keep letting go of your own will and trusting in his and you keep praying this prayer, God, the way it is in heaven, let it be in my life. The way it is in heaven, let it be in my family. The way it is in heaven, let it be in my career and my job and my health. The way it is in heaven, let it be in this city, God. We pray those prayers, God steps in and he can change things in the spirit realm that begin to align with his will. He can change things in the natural realm so they begin to align with his will. And most importantly, when we pray, God changes us. Come on now. You know, Stephen, I used to think that prayer was really about all the stuff I've just talked about. It was really about getting God to change everything for me. But as I've gotten older, I've learned that most of the time prayer is about God getting me to change. (laughs) Getting me to line up with his will, not him to line up with my will. Because some of you are praying prayers right now that aren't getting answered. You know why? Because you're praying that God would get in line with your will. You're saying, this is the way I want it to be, God, and I don't know why you won't make it be the way I want it to be. And God is saying, because you're I'm not here for you. You're here for me. (laughs) I don't exist for your pleasure and purpose. You exist for mine. Amen. And when we begin to realize that and understand, and when we know that our heavenly father has something better for us than we have for ourselves, Come on. Some of us are begging God to give us something that's going to end up hurting us. and, And God is saying, no, dummy, you ain't getting that. I know what's best for you. If you just trust me and just let me decide the outcome. And as you decide the outcome, something miraculous happens. You begin to release your will and receive the will of God in your life. Come on. Come on. And we need that desperately, don't we? We need to, the, to trust that God knows what's best. Hallelujah. Brother Stephen, I don't know what's coming in my life tomorrow, but I'm trusting it to God. Amen. I don't know what's coming in my health, but I'm trusting it to God. I don't know what's coming in my finances, but I'm trusting it to God. And I'm doing what I can to to stop thinking about what I want and just allow what God wants to happen. Can I tell you something? There is freedom in that. There's freedom in that. You know what stress is? Stress is you trying really hard to figure out how to change things that you ain't got no power to change. Oh, if I could, oh, my kids, I'm just worried about my kids. I'm worried about my family. I'm worried about the economy. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about Donald Trump. I'm worried about, I'm worried about everything and everybody and stuff that you ain't got no business worrying about. Come on. And, and you just need to turn it over to God and let God be God. Cause I can tell you this, it doesn't matter who's in the white house. Jesus Christ is still on the throne and what he wants to happen. Hallelujah. In the end, God's will is going to be done. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Get a picture of the world. It's going in the wrong direction, and it's hurting. It's, you know, going against the flow of God's will hurts. That's why people hurt, and bodies hurt, and cities hurt, and communities hurt, and people are in such desperate situations. It's because they're going against the will of God. And when we as a church pray, we can change things in the spirit realm. We can change things in the natural. And most importantly, God will begin to change us. God will begin to humble us and allow us to see his will and not our own. God will put a a spirit of love inside of us. Can I tell you, it's been a long time coming, church, but the church needs a spirit of love put back in us.
Come on. Come on. It's been too long that people in the church, and I don't mean this church, but I mean people in church in general, had a spirit of, well, you know, look at us up here and how smart and how much better, and I don't do this and I don't do that. And the truth is uh, the sins of the people in the pews are just hidden really, really well. Come on. I don't want to have to call your name. (laughs) Oh, my. And we need a spirit of love. A spirit of love that's so, it's so deep down in who we are that it comes out of us, amen? That we don't just feel it when the pastor preached a good sermon on Sunday, but we feel it when, when maybe we're even tired or weary. We go out into a world that isn't always nice, right? And yet the love of God flows through our lives because that's what God is. God is love, amen? God is hope and God is peace and, and God is comfort. And, and when we look at a world that's being being pushed in the wrong direction and strongholds are, are coming against and there's a, a pain and a suffering and a sorrow and we see it in places like El Paso and in Dayton. What it ought to do is get us down on our knees and begin to pray and trust that God can change things when we pray. There was something going on that day. Peter was in jail and, and look at Peter. He's, uh, he knows James had his head cut off. He's in prison. He knows it's a couple days till his head's going to come off. And what's he doing? He's asleep. The angel had to poke him to wake him up. Did you notice that? Because Peter trusted God. Peter said, you know what, God? If they kill me, they kill me. I'll just go straight into your presence then. If I live, then I live. I'll keep preaching your gospel. doesn't matter. You decide the outcome. Amen. But the church prayed. The church prayed. You know what happened? Physical things happened. Spiritual things happened. The, the, the chains fell off of Peter. Chains don't do that unless God intercedes. And the door that was locked to the city opened of its own accord. It just opened on its own when they got there. That just doesn't happen unless God intercedes. The, the, the soldiers who were guarding fell asleep, didn't know what was going on. That don't happen unless God intercedes. And God intercedes when the church prays. Come on, are you with me today? Hallelujah. And so today, you know, you can, you can go online and you can see all of the people that got all the solutions for the world's problems. And I'm not against any one of them. I'm not. And, and, and I, I, you know, I believe there needs to be laws. I believe that we need to have action. I believe there needs to be certain subjects that we need to talk about and, and get better at. And I'm, I'm not against doing things in the natural realm, but I know this, that unless we pray, nothing's really going to change because you can't fix stuff like this from the outside. But when the church prays, let me close with this thought. It's a sad thought that someday we might get to heaven And the Lord would show us all of the things that could have been better if we had just prayed. You you wouldn't have had to worry so much, God says, if you would have just prayed. Your family wouldn't have gone through what they went through financially if you'd have just prayed. That, That sorrow... That came from nowhere if you'd have just prayed. If the church would have just prayed. So I want us to pray this morning. Because I don't want to get to heaven and realize that things could have been better if we'd have just taken the time to pray. 
And I want you to pray with me today. Our goal is not to feel something this morning. Our goal is to trust and know that as we pray, God is going to do something in the spirit realm, in the natural realm, and most importantly, in us today. Would you pray with me today? Would you stand to your feet? And let's just begin to just thank God right now in advance. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, God, that you're a good God, that you're a loving God, and that when people invite you into their lives and into their situations,